This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Let's get to game two of this series. Cookie Carrasco. Cookie is facing the Oakland A's. Would that be enough to get him going? And I'll say he was all right. Like, he wasn't great. He wasn't dominant. He pitched into the sixth inning. He hit three guys, which was crazy. And he got through that. Set. The second inning, I thought, was going to be his death now. Puts the first two guys on base. Gives up a huge two-out hit to Estuary Ruiz, which I thought was a huge moment in the game because he had a chance to get out of that jam, only allowing a run. They're down 2 nothing, but from there, he really settled in. He pitched a 1-2-3 third. He got a huge out in the fourth when Mark Canna made a nice running catch and pitched a 1-2-3 fifth inning. He was, you know, five innings, two runs. If you consider Carrasco a back-of-the-rotation arm, which is what you have to consider him, you take five innings, two runs every day of the week. The only issue you have is five innings, two runs is nice, but it adds up when everybody's going five innings. That That's a problem. Carlos Carrasco goes five innings the day after Kodai Senga goes four and two-thirds. That's the problem. Tyler McGill, I know they had an off day mixed in, on Wednesday pitches really well. He goes five innings. The game before that, David Peterson goes five and two-thirds innings. The game before that, Max Scherzer goes five innings. The game before that, Carlos Carrasco goes four and two-thirds innings. Like, they hadn't had a guy pitch six innings since a week earlier when Kodai Senga did it against the Miami Marlins. Five innings over and over and over and over again is going to test your bullpen. And the Met bullpen so far has been up to the test. In game two of this series, Drew Smith came through in a huge way. Little lucky, little lucky, gets a line driver out of Pete Alonso that turns into a double play, but he was able to get a huge strikeout of that Kevin Smith. Actually, no, not Kevin Smith. He got a huge strikeout of Connor Capel right after he got that double play. And he pitched reasonably well. And Brooks Rally pitched really, really well. And Adam Adovino was shaky as all hell, but got the huge strikeout when he needed. And then you had David Robertson, who has been unbelievably awesome. I mean, David Robertson has been a dream filling in for Edwin Diaz as the high-leverage best reliever on this team. And the Met offense did just enough. And they did it with the long ball. Think about it. Saturday and Sunday was really about the long ball. Five home runs in those two games, really supplying like 90% of their offense. Pete Alonzo, the home run that made it two to one. Mark Canna, the home run that made it two to two. 
and the huge RBI double by Brandon Nimmo in the seventh that made it three to two. And that followed Timmy LeCastro pinch running for Daniel Vogelback and immediately stealing second base. He has not been caught stealing yet. He has been awesome as that designated pinch runner, hence why I can't get rid of him, hence why he's important. His legs on Saturday led to him being on second base with two outs so that when Brandon Nimmo rips the double, he scores without question. That is really, really important to this team to have a guy like Lo Castro that at any moment becomes a base-stealing threat. Now let's get to Robertson because what we saw in the ninth inning on Saturday was everything Pete Hoffman and you pitch clock haters had feared. David Robertson, just to go through the ninth real quick, gives up a leadoff single. Asturi Ruiz lays down a bunt. Whatever. Stupid, but he does. Runner on second, one out. Robertson gets Tony Kemp to tap right in front of Alvarez, two outs. Two outs, runner on third. That's the tying run. The batter is Kevin Smith. The count is one and two. David Robertson comes set. As he's throwing the pitch, you see Scott Barry signal violation. Robertson throws, I think it was a curveball, right down the middle. Gary Cohn's oblivious because he screams strike three. I knew it was a pitch clock violation. And by the way, it was a pitch clock violation. SNY quickly shows the replay. It was a pitch clock violation. In that moment, are we upset? Or do we just say, it was a pitch clock violation. Now it's one and two. Go get him out. I'm pissed. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Now we have to do this again. There's a little energy there wasted because Robertson and Alvarez look like like the game's over. I know that they called it right away, but still, he thought he got the pitch. Now he has to go out and do it again, and I, I hate that. That that pisses me off because you're giving an opportunity to the to the other team. Throw the pitch before it hits zero, dude. But he did. Like, like I know he. I, I know he. I know he didn't. But this is what Scherzer was complaining about the whole time during spring training. Was I want to figure out. Where is the line? What is it like football? Do you get an extra beat with the play clock? Dude, this is this is so stupid and annoying because every ump is gonna be a little different. Are they gonna be on point? Is this guy this guy's being a stickler? Dude, the Cody Bellinger stuff from the weekend, getting a a fan a, a standing ovation from the va- fan base from the first time you return and the umpire gives him a strike because they didn't get in there in eight seconds. That's different. That is very, very different, and I agree with you. That's stupid. I think we need to use common sense sometimes. So when you see it's a special moment, when you see that there is a standing ovation, don't start the pitch clock. But, I mean, it's. I think you can have the discretion as an umpire to say, hey, we're not pausing the pitch clock. I'm not starting it yet. I see what's going on. I see there's going to be a standing ovation. I see the guy may want to tip his hat. I'm not going to start anything. And I think that's... That, that to me is dumb, and I think the umpire should use common sense with that. In this case, David Robertson didn't get the pitch off. Now, for the 10 seconds before he threw the next pitch, I was very nervous because I know David Robertson hates the pitch clock, but he's a veteran, and he's been around. And he also has to take a deep breath, 
It went from 0-2 to 1-2. It's not the end of the world. Go get Kevin Smith out. And he did. He threw a fastball right down the middle. And Smith didn't swing again. And that was that was beautiful because if he gives up a hit, we never hear the end of it. It would have been pitch clock debate all day amongst us as Met fans. And instead, it's a footnote. I think Kevin Smith took that strike three because he know he was out on the pitch prior. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can 100% comp to that. I think he was like, dude, take it. I, I'll take the L. I don't know how long this David Robertson train is going to last, but he has been remarkable this year. The Mets, so far, and you knock on wood because they're heading to L.A., they haven't had a game yet in which, oh, Vedman Diaz is pitching the ninth inning. Everything's different. Now, there is a part of me that says, my God, can you imagine Robertson setting up Edwin Diaz? That would be super. That would be the best bullpen in baseball. But he has the experience. He has the calmness. He's pitched here. He's closed before. And can't say enough about how great David Robertson has been as the Mets sweep the Oakland A's 3-0. I did say before this West Coast trip started, give me 5-5. Five and five. Well, at 3-0, and 5-5 oh, five and five don't feel as good now. Because that means two and five the rest of the way. So I up it up a little bit. I look at this Dodgers series. I don't want to go into a series saying just win a game. And the Dodgers haven't been great. They haven't. They're a flawed team this year. But I do look at these next seven games and say, I can't complain about three and four. I can't complain about, hey, let's get out of this West Coast trip. Just okay. Because three and four is a six and four trip. And you look at these pitching matchups. I think the L.A. Dodgers have the starting pitching edge in two of these games. Dustin May has been great taking on David Peterson. It was a real wild card. You, you just don't know what to expect from Peterson start to start. Tyler McGill's been mostly good against Clayton Kershaw. And then you got Scherzer against Noah Syndergaard. Syndergaard has struggled so far with the Dodgers. And that's assuming Scherzer pitches. Because I know Max very aggressively was like, oh, yeah, I could have pitched. It would have been selfish to pitch. Uh, I knew we were going to use an extra starter, so why not? Go out and make the start. When a guy gets pushed back, and I say this about everybody, not just Max, I have a skepticism that he's okay until he makes the start. Because pushed back means you probably weren't able to make that start initially. So will everything be different in three days? I don't know. I do take credit for one thing, though, Pete. I made one weird, obscure prediction from a week ago, and that was Kodai Sengo would not face the Dodgers, that the Mets would use whether it was the sixth guy with Budo, whatever it was, they'd push him back. And they have successfully done that. So now he's going to start the opener of the series in San Francisco against the Giants. And that's not about avoiding the Dodgers. It's about getting him the extra day. Because Senga is so used to pitching with that five days or more of rest. So I think the Mets are always going to go out of their way specifically with him to give him extra rest. And here's what's great. He'll get extra rest in his next start after that too because they play four games against the Giants and then have an off day before they come back to New York to take on the Nationals. So Senga is set up to face the Giants on Thursday night and then the Nationals the week after at City Field. So it sets up nicely for Kodai as he's going to look to bounce back from what was an average start against Oakland. Uh, one other thing, though, I was wrong about, happily wrong, Francisco Alvarez started two of the three games, not one of the three games 
including back-to-back efforts on Saturday and Sunday. He has done very little <laughs> offensively. Uh, he was 0 for 3 on Saturday. He was 0 for 4 on Sunday, hit a couple of fly balls to right, hit a fly ball to left in which Tony Kemp made a nice running catch. Uh, there was one wild pitch that was a little ugly, but he also made that throw to second that kind of led to the interference on the strike him out, throw him out double play. So I don't think overall his defense has been bad at all, but he hasn't done anything offensively. So what do we do from here? Three games against the Dodgers, one lefty, day game after night game. Pete, does he start one game or two games? I, I think if the trend is going in this direction, which is good, it's got to be two games. It has to be. Yeah, I think he's going to start one. I think he's going to start the Kershaw game. I think he'll start against the lefty. I think he's definitely going to sit on Monday because he's already played two games in a row. And we'll see Peterson sitting uh, together with Tomas Nito. I think we'll see Alvarez catch Tyler McGill, which I think he did in his last start too. Did he do that on the Wednesday afternoon? I got to go look that one up. Uh, did he start? No, because he did. P- he did. He did. The he Peterson. Didn't. You're right. He did the because we were talking about right. how it looked like like uh, Schwarzenegger, Devito, and Twins. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I think they're going to split that up. I think we're going to see him catch McGill this time, not Peterson. And then the afternoon game off a night game, I think he goes back to Tomas Nito to catch Max Scherzer. That's my prediction. And then we'll see what happens in the four games against San Francisco. But like you said, Pete, it is trending nicely that Buck gave him the two starts in a row. And I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to kill him for his offense because look, it's not like Tomas Nito's Johnny bench back there. I think to me, for him to get more starts, it is the defense. That's really the thing they're going to look at for him to remain on the field because I think there's a confidence that the offense will come, that eventually he'll start to hit. And he's just a lot better than Tomas Nito anyway. Even even with Alvarez doing nothing, he's a better offensive player than Tomas Nito. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't ground double plays every time he's up. That's a positive. That's true. Hasn't happened yet. So he may feel- strike out a lot, but that's that's okay. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so a feel-good Rico and a feel-good weekend as the Mets sweep the Oakland A's. We'll give you another Rico after the Dodgers series. Maybe we'll do some late-night reactions depending on how we feel at 1 o'clock in the morning. I do need the Mets to play some shorter games. As much as Yankee fans are upset with how quick the games are, that was a lot of baseball at the Oakland Alameda Coliseum over three days. Two three-hour games? Hello? But it was win, win, win. Four-game winning streak, 10-6 and six to start the season. So for anyone who is overly concerned, I, d- does everybody feel better? Like, are Met fans starting to feel better at 10-6? and six? Are we looking at this saying, all right, maybe we don't suck. Maybe we're not going to lose 100 games. <laughs> maybe this season isn't going to hell in a handbasket. By the way, last year through 16 games, the New York Mets were 11-5. and five. So we are one game off the pace that the Mets sat last year at when they ended up winning 101 games. Email the pod anytime, RicoB at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening. I'll be with Craig all week on the fan at two. Hoffman with Tiki and Tierney. Happy Rico, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronio podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. 